Proverbs chapter 18 offers us three guidelines for giving wise counsel. Three guidelines for giving wise counsel. You know, when I survey the landscape of the Palm Harvest Church family, I recognize that many of you fraternize in arenas where people look to you and maybe even depend upon you for good advice. Is that an accurate uh, assumption? You know, when people are considering a career choice, many of them will ask for your opinion. When people find themselves maybe in a relational challenge, whether it be in their marriage or as a parent to their children with a son or daughter, they will seek out your input. You know, for those of you who have an aging parent, how many of you have aging parents right now? Most of us. I suspect that it's not uncommon for your parents, your aging mom or your dad, or maybe even an extended family member, an uncle or an aunt, to, to solicit your opinion regarding a medical decision they are facing or maybe a financial concern that they are are carrying. You know, I, I suspect that your life is not a whole lot different than mine where people will come to you and they will seek out, you know, what do I do with this particular situation? So church, what's the secret to offering intelligent, helpful counsel That's what we're going to talk about today. And the first guideline that Proverbs chapter 18 tells us to consider is this. If you're taking notes in your Palm Harvest app, write this down, and that is this. A closed mind, open mouth is hazardous. A closed mind, open mouth is hazardous. Look at what we're told in verse 2, Proverbs 18, verse 2. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinion. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Is there anyone in your world whom you would label opinionated? Someone who always has an opinion about something? Politics? The way President Biden is leading currently our country. Sports, whether the, whether the LIV golf tour is a threat to America. The weather, right, is global warming really a serious threat? Is going green the panacea or is it simply a hot trend? Church, when is what I say an opinion... And when is what I say wise counsel? Well, apparently one of the differentiators, according here to verse 2, is that a wise counselor will listen. A wise counselor has an open mind and therefore, now don't miss this, is teachable, right? Perhaps even willing to change their opinion about something. Friends, beware of the counsel of a person who approaches life with a closed mind, open mouth. Because the Bible writer tells us here in Proverbs 18 that such a person is a fool. And following the advice of a fool 
is hazardous. Things will likely not turn out for you very well. And maybe some of you have some personal experience with that. Look at verse 6. Fools, we're told, get into constant quarrels and they are asking for a beating. You know, friends, are you a, a wary, are you wary really of, of people in your life who are always in the middle of conflict? Do you know people like that? Be cautious around people who are always find themselves in the middle of a quarrel. Because, you know, what are we always telling our kids? That whoever you associate with, you become a little bit like. People who have a hard time holding their tongue, people who's really are quick with their words and maybe not always with their thinking before their words, Proverbs 6 tells us, are fools. And their counsel will foster destruction. And in many cases, self-destruction. Look at verse 7. It says, the mouth of fools are their ruin. Their lips get them into trouble. Translation, foolish words, bad counsel will cause ruin. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 2, I like this verse. It says, anyone who claims to know all the answers, anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. You know, one of the greatest things you can say is, man, I don't know what to do. The fact that you don't know what to do, that's good. As opposed to always thinking you know what the right thing to do is. Brothers and sisters, the first guideline for giving wise counsel is to avoid listening to those with a closed mind, open mouth approach to life. So evaluate yourself today. Are you teachable? Do you have a learning attitude? It's really a rhetorical question because the fact that you're here today in part suggests to me that you are. But that doesn't mean we still can't grow, right? So let's say a prayer together, okay? So with me today, I encourage you to open the palms of your hands because we want to receive from the Lord. We're going to ask God for something. Just put them out in, the, in your lap. Close your eyes if it helps you to concentrate. Now pray this in your heart. And let's ask God to mold us into someone who's a wise counselor, okay? That's going to be our prayer. So pray this. Say, Jesus, please help me to remain teachable. Jesus, please cultivate within me a learning attitude because I want my counsel to be wise. I want to be known as someone who gives wise counsel. Good. Guideline number two. A second guideline to consider that we're told here in Proverbs 18 for giving godly, wise counsel is this. Hearing only one side before advice giving is folly. Hearing only one side before advice giving is folly. Look at verse 13, Proverbs 18, verse 13. What a shame, what folly to give advice before 
listening to the facts, verse 17. Any story sounds true until someone sets the record straight. You all have learned, have you not, that when there is a disagreement between two people, two parties, that it's usually because a difference of two perspectives, yes? You see something one way, I see something the right way, I mean another way. And our differences of perspective can sometimes lead us to conflict, yes? You know, in a court of law, when a witness is called to testify and share their story, everything that the first witness says could sound true, but you don't really know, do you, until someone else comes up and shares their perspective. Now, if a person shares their perspective and they agree with what the first person said, it sort of lends credibility to the fact that there might be, that what they're saying is what? It's true. It's accurate. But if the second witness gets up and they share a testimony that is completely opposite from the first person, now you got some work to do, don't you? Discovering who is telling the truth, who is lying, is a little bit harder. Look at verse 17 again. It says, any story sounds true until someone sets the record straight. You know, brothers and sisters, one counseling guideline, it seems, that the Bible writer is encouraging us to remember is that hearing only one side before advice giving is folly. Are you all familiar with the, the phrase triangle communication? Triangle communication. I don't know if this is a Mike Deckerism. I don't think so. Uh, I think you'll understand it when I explain it. The way I define triangle communication, it, it, what it, the way that happens is when two individuals have a disagreement, but neither one of them want to talk to the other about the disagreement, and so instead, who do they talk to? They talk to a third per person, don't they? And so suddenly, this communication becomes, help me out, becomes a triangle, right? And so their hope is that if I go to this person and I go to this person, what is their hope? Is that this person will do then do what? Talk to the other people. They don't talk to each other, but rather they introduce a third person into the disagreement, thereby creating a triangular line of communication. Friends, God advises us here in verse 17 that it's to offer counsel after hearing only one side of the story is foolish. And I have learned, and I suspect that many of you too have too, that triangle communication is not a very healthy way to resolve discord. And in fact, until you get the two individuals in a room, these two individuals who are seeking out your help and counsel, until you get them in a room facing each other face to face, Listening to each other, not just telling them what they think, but listening to each other, very little usually gets resolved. You know, whenever a husband and a wife independ independently, independently approach me, asking me for their counsel or my advice, asking me for my advice, I will listen. I might even offer some words of counsel 
but rarely will I give either one of them a ton of input until the three of us sit down together. A lot of times somebody will come to me and they'll ask me for my input, hoping that maybe, and also not only are they hoping to give me some input, but they're hoping to get some intel too, right? They want to know if I've talked to their spouse. They want to know if we've had conversation. And I will always tell them right away, listen, whatever we talk about stays between the two of you, to two of us. And if I do or I don't talk to your, your spouse or this other party, I'm not going to tell you. That's not for me to disclose. It's up to them to disclose because I, I want to avoid triangular communication. I really refuse to be a mediator in triangular communication. Church, when you are asked to provide wise counsel to help people resolve relational conflict, you got to get people in the same room listening to each other and not just listening, but understanding each other. So here's a good question to always ask, and you've probably heard me say this before. It's the question, what did you hear me say? What did you hear me say? If Robin and I are having a disagreement and she responds in a certain way that's maybe not favorable, I can tell by her body language or whatever the case may be, I might say to Robin, what did you hear me say? Chances are good that if Robin responds in a negative way, she's probably didn't, I probably didn't do a very good job communicating to her what I really meant, as opposed to she didn't hear what I said right, right? It's, it's on me. So what did you hear me say? And if someone says, well, this is what I heard, go, that's not my intention, or that wasn't, is that your, was that your intention? I'll go, no, that wasn't my intention. Would you like to try again? What did you hear me say? And when you have two people in a, in a conflict, and if you can get them to, 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 it's what we call drive-through counseling, right? You go to McDonald's and say, I want a ham, well, nobody goes to McDonald's. You go to Chipotle, you go to Chipotle and you say, I want, I want peppers. And, well, Kirk might go. You go to McDonald's. Denise does for Diet, Diet Coke. Diet Coke. She loves her Diet Coke. And by the way, McDonald's does have the best soda. Yes. I'm, I'm, losing, I'm losing track here. Squirrels are flying everywhere. What did you hear me say? Always a good question to ask. Always a good question to answer. Why? Because hearing only one side before advice giving is falling. You know, I've learned this about leadership and, and, and many of you have too. Let me just say this and then we'll move on. I've learned that a lot of times leaders will make a decision based on the information that they have, right? And I've learned just from my own experience that sometimes and many times leaders will make a decision, and if I don't agree with them, it's probably because they have information that I don't have. And chances are good that if I had the same information that they had, I might come to the same conclusion. And I know that to be true because a lot of times as a leader, leadership is lonely because you have information that not everybody has. You make a decision and so then the masses are piling on and they're throwing rocks and they're giving you criticism, but you can't give them the information that you have because it's confidential and so you just have to learn to eat it and be misunderstood. But I've just recognized that people make decisions based upon information that I might not always have. That's why a closed mind, open mouth, is hazardous. 
Information matters. Hearing only one side before advice giving is folly. Information matters. Guideline number three. A third guideline and final guideline for Proverbs chapter 18 that we're going to briefly touch is that tongue intelligence impacts. Tongue intelligence impacts. Proverbs 18 verse 20, look at it. Words, we're told, satisfy the soul as food satisfies the stomach. The right words on a person's lips bring satisfaction. Tongue intelligence matters. Verse 21, those who love to talk will experience the consequences for the tongue can kill or nourish life. Tongue intelligence matters. You know, brothers and sisters, God has placed all of you in relationships where your influence matters, where your godly influence has impact. And so the way that you live your life matters. The way that you respond to people's criticism matters. The words that you use and how you use them, tongue intelligence, matters. And so I want to commend you for making it a priority in your life to study the Bible like you are here today because it is a living, breathing, life-shaping book. Yes, you agree with that? And so as you and I seek to apply the truth of God's word into our daily life with the help of God's Holy Spirit, we can know with certainty that God the, whole, God the Father is going to use us to positively, positively shape the lives of those around us. The things that you say, and catch this, don't say, matter. Tongue intelligence impacts. And so let's close our time together in prayer. We have services done. Clock is telling me it's time to end. But before we do, I want you to look at verse 10. Proverbs 18, verse 10 counsels us this. It declares, it says, the name of the Lord is a strong fortress and the godly run to him and are safe. Church, I want to be a man who offers dependable, fruit-bearing counsel to people. Do you? That's why you're here today, is it not? That's why you're tuning in, maybe, because you want to grow, yes? You want to offer more of yourself? You want to be what I call a value adder? Yes? You know, when you step into your circles this week, brothers and sisters, you may be the only one who can bring positivity into that arena. Tongue intelligence impacts. And so let's say another prayer. Hands open. Heart open mind open. Take a deep breath. Just hold it for a moment. And then exhale. You know, whenever I breathe in like that, I just kind of throw up this arrow prayer where I say, Lord, as I breathe in, I want more of your Holy Spirit to fill me. And as I breathe out, I want to get rid of more of Mike Decker. Less of me, more of you. Breathe in God's presence. Breathe in God's strength. And breathe out your own fears and worries and pray this. Say, Heavenly Father, please, please increase my capacity 
to provide wise counsel. Please help me to keep an open mind as I strive to be a good listener. Please help me to avoid offering my opinion until I've heard the full story from all parties involved. And please, God, help my words, my tongue intelligence to be trustworthy. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.